Hello, and welcome to Next Reads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. This podcast might contain language or situations some listeners might find offensive or unsettling. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. Now on to the show. I am your host, Erin, Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her, and I can generally be found at the library taking care of the guinea pig and helping people find the books that they want to read. Welcome, listeners. So today I'm going to read from Kevin Hart's latest book called Marcus Makes It Big. Kevin Hart, if you don't know, he's a comedian. You might know him from Jumanji and Secret Life of Pets and Brotherhood and some other things that he has done throughout his life. He's a very, very funny guy, and he started writing books for middle graders. And his first one was called Marcus Makes a Movie, which was a huge hit. So this is actually the sequel to that. And I just want to say that sometimes it doesn't matter if you read books in order. You can kind of catch on to what's going on, especially in middle grade books, because there's usually a pretty good synopsis or description of kind of what happened in the previous book or they give you enough context clues that you can figure it out. So please don't panic if you haven't read the first book. I haven't read the first book either, and I'm just jumping in with the second one. Okay, so the front flap says, Marcus's movie, Toothpick Fights the Doom, is a viral hit. Millions are watching. To keep those eyes on him, Marcus needs to make a new movie now. But Sierra and his film class friends are busy with their own videos. Sparks start to fly. And when Marcus and Sierra get invited to appear on a daytime talk show, their rift threatens to explode on national TV. Can Marcus keep his friends and his fans? Or will making it big come at a price? That's kind of the setup for this one. Chapter one. There is a limo in front of my building. I could not believe it. There was a limo driving up our street. A limo-zine. A stretch a long black movie star carrying kind of ride. It wasn't there for the reason you'd think. It wasn't cause some rich dude took the wrong exit off the expressway or a bunch of high school kids chipped in to rent one for prom. It wasn't even prom night. It was seven in the morning on a Tuesday. And this is the wild thing. That limo was coming for me. It was picking me up, plus my dad, but he was just along for the ride. Now I bet you're thinking, The day a real-life limo pulls up outside your door to take you someplace important enough to send a limo? That must be the greatest day of your life, right? And in some ways it was. A whole lot of amazing stuff was happening to me. But by the time that limo pulled up in front of our building, I wasn't feeling too amazing. Fact. I felt like the swamp zombie. You know that comic about the dude who turned into a plant? Wasn't even human anymore, just a big nasty blob of slimy leaves and rotten old gunk. That's how I was feeling when that limo rolled up. Like a grimy, smelly swamp zombie. Head spinning, guts churning, with actual stink on me. Driver dude got out of the front seat, came around to open the door for me and dad, just like in the movies. Dad gave him a big smile, said, thank you, sir. Driver dude smiled back gave dad a nod, said, yes, sir, welcome aboard. Then they both looked at me like, get on in there. 
Before I climbed in, I said a little prayer. This is what it was. Lord, please don't let me barf in this limo. It wasn't a joke. I was feeling about 90% guaranteed to toss my breakfast all over the back of that stretch. And the reason I was such a mess? See, what had happened was, oh man, I started this story in the wrong place. Let me back up. I should also mention that there are some little illustrations in this book and there is a picture of Marcus as a swamp zombie and it's pretty fantastic. Chapter two, the world's greatest superhero. First time I ever drew a toothpick comic, I was nine years old. My mom had this real bad cancer. It was eating her up inside and I just wanted to grrr, beat that cancer down, man. Save my mama like a superhero, but I couldn't. I was just a little kid. Doctors couldn't even save her. That cancer was like a supervillain, the doom, death itself. Nothing could stop it, except for Toothpick. He was a superhero, looked kind of like me, all skinny and whatnot, except taller and strong. Had these finger spears, six inch razors coming out of every nail on his hand. He'd use them to squick, squick, slice up the doom like deli meat. Save my mama, save the world. None of it was real. Toothpick was just a comic I had made up, but drawing him made me feel better. After mom passed, I kept drawing. For three years, I drew Toothpick comics almost every day. Pretty soon, he wasn't just fighting the doom. He took on a whole mess of bad guys. Deadeye, Dr. Mindsuck, Purple Witch. Toothpick showed them all who's boss. And after three years of drawing every day, I was getting good at it. I figured it was just a matter of time before Capital Comics gave me a 12-issue run. Put me on the road to making Toothpick the greatest superhero in the history of comics. Bigger than Bat Guy. Bigger than Super Guy. Kind of hero you see on t-shirts, roller coasters, underwear, and movies. Back then, I used to think if I wanted to get a Toothpick movie made, I'd have to put out a bunch of Toothpick comics first, make those a hit, then do a movie afterward. I never once thought, what if I just straight up make a Toothpick movie now? I figure you needed a zillion dollars and a whole lot of special equipment to even try to make a movie. But then I got stuck in this after-school film class and I met Sierra. Here's the thing about Sierra. She is annoying. She's a year older than me, about a foot taller, and the girl thinks she's all that. But here's the other thing about Sierra. When it comes to making movies, she actually is all that. As good as I am at drawing comics, she's even better at making movies. Plus, she's got hustle, which you need if you want to make a movie. It's hard work. I could write a whole book about how hard it is to make a movie. Actually, I did. It's called Marcus Makes a Movie. You might want to check it out. But let me spoil the ending for you. We made a movie. Toothpick Bites the Doom, the dopest 14 minutes and 36 seconds ever. It wasn't just me, it took a whole team. I wrote the script, then I rewrote it about 50 times till Sierra said it was good to go. When we shot it, I played Toothpick plus Marco Jackson. That's the regular kid who turns into Toothpick whenever he puts this magic toothpick in his mouth. Sierra directed the whole thing. She also played Toothpick's sidekick, Jeannie. We got big bully Tyrell from the neighborhood to play the Doom. Tyrell looks scary just walking down the street, so he made a dope supervillain. Tyrell's real-life crew, Sly, Nas, and Double D, they played the Doom's henchmen. 
Pretty Jasmine from film class played Angel, the girl Toothpick saves. We got my boy Khalid to run the camera for us, even though sometimes the camera was just Sierra's phone. Amari laid down a soundtrack for us because he's a dope musician. It took a lot of us to make that movie. Lots of people, lots of time, lots of work, and lots of fights, especially between me and Sierra, because that girl has opinions, and so do I. The whole thing felt like pushing a big rock up an even bigger mountain. There were times I didn't think we'd ever get it done, but we did. And when we finished, Toothpick Bites the Doom was awesome. Funny and scary, but mostly funny, because scrawny little me dressed up in a superhero costume beating down Big Tyrell? Man, that can't be anything but funny. I dedicated the whole movie to my mama, God rest her soul, because she loved to laugh. I was so proud of that movie. There's nothing in the world like the feeling I got from making it. I dreamed up something in my mind that never existed before. Then my friends and I brought it to life. It went from being just a story in my head to a real thing that other folks could have fun watching. We put it up on MeTube, and at first nobody but us watched it. We tried tagging a bunch of celebrities and movie stars like Tevin Bart, asked them to check it out, maybe share it on social. None of them did. So the page views were just sad. After it had been up a month, we barely had 300 views. And most of those were just us watching it over and over again. Every day I'd go online and check that number. Some days it wouldn't go up at all. I'd check it on Thursday, 302 views. Check it again on Friday, 302 views, again. It was like watching paint dry, but it didn't matter. My dad got us a room down at the community center and we put on a screening there one Saturday night. Everybody who worked on the movie came, plus all our friends and families, and they loved it. We watched it twice, eating popcorn and drinking soda together. We had so much fun. It was the best night of my life. I went to bed that Saturday so happy about what we made. I was hyped to create more new stuff, draw a bunch of fresh toothpick comics, maybe even make a whole other movie someday. But I figured the story of Toothpick Fights the Doom was over. Then I woke up Sunday morning with Sierra screaming in my ear through the phone. Tevin Bart had shared the link on social after all. Then a whole bunch of other folks shared it too. Our movie was going viral. A quarter million views, going up by thousands of views a minute. And that's where this story starts. Okay, I'm gonna read one more just because. Chapter three, I'm famous. Oh man, oh man, I couldn't believe it. Every time I hit refresh on my Toothpick Fights the Doom Me Too page, the counter jumped by another couple thousand. 251, 132, 253, 564. People all over the world must have been watching it. This is crazy. I was so hyped, I almost knocked Dad's laptop off her living room couch. Quit yelling in my ear, Sierra shouted through the phone. Quit yelling in my ear, I shouted right back. She kept on shouting, it's so amazing. I did too. Ah! Dad came in from the bathroom wearing boxers and an undershirt, still holding the towel from his shower. Marcus, settle down, it's Sunday morning. You're gonna wake the whole building up. Dad, toothpick went viral, got a quarter million views. What now? Tevin Bart shared it on social. Bunch of other folks did too. I'm famous. Dad stepped past me, smelling of body wash. He looked at the laptop to check the page views for himself. Dang, that number's real? Yeah, dad, it's real. 
So what did Tevin Bart do? He put it on Flitter? <laughs> did he flit about it? No, he shared it on ClickChat. Or maybe both. I don't know. Dope. Dad straightened up. Gave me a big smile. So big it took up half his face. You did it, son. Then he squeezed me in a bear hug. Ah! Watch the phone, Dad. Who you on with? He asked me. Sierra. Morning, Mr. Jenkins, Sierra called out loud enough for him to hear through the phone. Congratulations, girl, he told her. You on your way to the Oscars. Gonna be best director someday. Thank you, Mr. Jenkins. Dad gave me a friendly poke in the belly. What'd I tell you? That movie was too good not to get some eyes on it. Then he checked the time on the cable box. Oh, I gotta get to work. He headed for his bedroom to get dressed. I can't believe this, Sierra was saying. I can not believe it. I sat down on the couch and hit refresh again. 26906. This is nuts, I said. It's just nuts. I opened up Tevin Bart's click chat page to see for myself what he'd posted. There it was, right at the top of his feed, a screen grab of me in my toothpick costume doing a karate kick off a playground slide at Big Tyrell. Tyrell was dressed as the Doom in his Grim Reaper outfit, looking all shocked that little me was beating him down. Under the screen grab was a link to the MeTube page, plus Tevin Bart's comment. At Tevin Bart for real, this is the dopest thing ever, with some laughing crying emojis and some strong arm emojis. Check it out. Love the creativity of these kids. Hashtag live, love, laugh. I couldn't believe it, man. Tevin Bart was talking about us. We were these kids, kids. I checked the page views again. 272, 120. Shooting up like a rocket. This was the greatest day of my life. And somebody was yelling in my ear. It was Sierra. I'd forgotten I was even holding the phone. Okay, she was saying. Okay, what? I asked her. She huffed a big sigh. Marcus, did you hear a word I've been saying? No. She gave me another big sigh, but I was just being honest. This is our shot, she told me. If we play this right, we can build something big. We can be stars, but we gotta make a plan and get on it fast. You feel me? It was just like Sierra, always thinking three steps ahead. Heck yeah, I told her, we should make a sequel. For certain, she said, but right now I gotta go to church. I'm leaving my phone at home, not gonna be reachable till later. So don't do anything stupid while I'm gone, okay? That got me mad. What would I even do that's stupid, I asked. I'm just saying, she said in her school teacher voice, sometimes your mouth gets ahead of your brain. She wasn't wrong, but I didn't wanna hear that. I was flying too high. Don't even start, I told her, I'll talk to you later. After we got off the phone, I hit the refresh button again. 28620. Man, it was blowing up. Dad came back into the room. He was wearing his work uniform. You getting on that laundry, he asked. What now? Sunday morning, son. Gotta get it in before Miss Kayla wakes up. My best friend JR lives in the apartment downstairs. Miss Kayla's his mom. And there's just one laundry machine in the basement for all three units. Them, us, and old Mr. Hampton up on the top floor. When dad works a Sunday shift, it's my job to do the laundry. If I start it too late, I run into JR's mom, because she also does their laundry on Sundays. Fact, JR's mom is a laundry room nightmare. She'll do like 10 loads in a row and she won't share. 
So if I don't get mine done before she comes down and starts hogging the machine, it's gonna be a very long day in the laundry room. And I'm actually gonna stop there, even though it's only halfway through that third chapter, but I think that gives you kind of a good setup for how the story is gonna play out and the things that are gonna happen. Again, this is a very humorous book written by a very funny comedian with illustrations by David Cooper. And I think that Kevin Hart gets some writing help from Jeff Rodkey. So anyway, I hope you found that chapter interesting. And if you wanna check it out, that'd be awesome. But if not, there's always another book just waiting to be discovered. Please check out the show notes for books with similar themes, and I hope that you join me next time for another Next Reads. Thanks!